the rest of the chapter, but we'll start there in Second uh, Samuel, Second Samuel. Oh, excuse me. First Samuel chapter two. I'll get it right. First Samuel chapter two, verse twenty-seven, and uh, uh, through the end of the chapter, the Bible tells us here. Um, and there came a, a, a man of God unto Eli and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest and to offer? Uh, upon mine altar to burn incense to wear an ephod before me and did I give him unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at mine offering which I have commanded in my habitation and this is the key and honorest thy sons above me and to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel my people wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be far from me, for them that honor me will I honor, and they that despise me should be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thine house. Now shall see an enemy in my habitation, and all the wealth which God shall give Israel, and there shall not be an old man in thine house forever." And a man of thine whom I shall not cut off from my altar shall be to consume thine eyes and to grieve thy heart and all the increase of thine house shall die in the flower of the rake. And this shall be a sign unto thee that shall come upon thy two sons on Hophni and Phinehas and one day they shall die both of them. Verse 35. And I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to, the, to that which is in my heart and in my mind and I will uh, build him a sure house, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. And it shall come to pass that every one that is left in thine house shall come and crouch to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread. And shall say, Put me, I pray thee, into one of the priest's offices, that I may eat a piece of bread. And so we'll kind of we'll see uh, what happens uh, when. Uh, we don't we, uh, when we miss out on what God wants for us, and, and for sure for Eli, as he uh, definitely uh, did not give God what he deserved. Uh, but let's consider uh, uh, what the Lord will have uh, for us tonight. So I've said this before, um, and I believe this passage makes it very clear that uh, what we value, we'll make time for it. Right? What we what we care about, what's a priority to us, we're gonna gonna do that. Uh, maybe we're going to be more excited about it. We're uh, going to, for sure, <laughs> enjoy it. Amen. Right? If you if you plan things out and things that you like, you hopefully will enjoy it. Amen. Uh, but sadly, though, uh, we know more often than not that the priorities are made uh, in life and decisions are made without God on their minds. And there's no doubt that society as a whole today has misplaced priorities all over the spectrum. And so it's not surprising. Um, that even though in these last days, even though we're facing the enemy in, in, in a sinful society, that we're still called to the same standard. I'm thankful that God didn't change his standard. And t- tonight we'll look and consider how Eli, who is given a faithful standard to follow, chose not to. And so he was, of course, uh, resp- or was received the rightful punishment from the just God. So again, to give us a little context this evening, the last time we saw uh, the count was on Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, and on Samuel, right? It kind of 
went back and forth. On one side, we talked about how the religious leaders were taking advantage of the worshipers, right? That the Israel was disenchanted, if you will, uh, with following God. Verse 17 told us that uh, because of the young men and their sin, that men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Verse 24 says, uh, told us that you make the Lord's people to transgression. That was Eli's calling out his people, his sons. Uh, but it was still definitely uh, too little, too late. <coughs> but we know our decisions affect more than just us. And that reality comes right to us here tonight. And we know that Phineas and e, uh, Hophni were accountable for the decisions. They weren't alone. And Eli here, of course, is the head of the family. Uh, but before uh, we point out, uh, some may kind of point out here how harsh God is, right? That how he, how mean he is. I was listening to a debate the other day between an atheist. It was a uh, one of the shows I kind of I listened to a lot or have been listening to, and it's, it's an old debate from 2012, but it's still evergreen kind of thing. So it's but as an atheist was debating a Scottish pastor, and the atheist said that if there is a heaven, it's very blasphemous of what he's going to say. But if there is a heaven, because there is then he would think it would be a good place to hang out with the people he liked, right? You know, sadly he's not alone, right, with that mentality. But, he, with that in itself, he stopped there. But he said this, he said, it, if there was a heaven and he got there, that God has some things to answer to. And we know God, the Almighty Creator, that's, that's ridiculous. And I made it, you know, this morning, right, I talked about, you know, if we can go back in, in history and look at how who spoke of what tongues in Acts 2. And, and I say those things kind of tongue-in-cheek and being facetious because I personally don't think we have any other thought besides praising the Savior, our Savior Jesus Christ in heaven. But I'm thankful, though, that God, He doesn't need to explain His actions to any of us. And so while, again, it's not us to easy to admit in this account that we'll look at, these verses may not totally in a sense, maybe specifically applied to our day and day and what's going on with Eli, I think God still preserved it for us, and I think we should consider a few things tonight. So, um, but it's a proof that how fallen man is. Verse 27 says, There came a man of God unto Eli, right? We don't have all the details of the messenger, right? And which should make us be encouraged, right? That, that God doesn't care, uh, that God cares about the message being true, uh, and sharing the true message that he has, as opposed to uh, remembering our, uh, the name. And so, so here, um, the, the, the source is who? Is God, right? Because it says, Eli said unto him, thus saith the Lord, right? That God is the source. And, and, and here, he's, he's going to talk to him, and finish up this chapter, kind of finish up Eli's uh, ministry, kind of the focus, if you will, of, he's mentioned, obviously, of the times, Throughout until his his death, but but here Eli is kind of the, the last the last time that he talks to them personally. Okay, so here Eli uh, we know is the priest who's in charge of the Lord's work in Shiloh, and we know here verse one or twenty seven they says, "Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house?" What's he talking about? Well, he's saying that this wasn't by accident. We know Aaron and Moses they went into Pharaoh and Aaron's. Uh, was the chosen uh, uh, Levite at the tribe of Levi, that, that uh, part of the uh, Levitical tree, if you will, that God uh, chose to have uh, be the priest. And we know that uh, his rod budded uh, there in, 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 the, in the wilderness there. And Ex- Exodus 28.1 tells us where God calls him to, to lead the worship. 
in a tabernacle, right? As they were in the, the wilderness. And, and so this will continue as they settled into the promised land. It's not like God had a one, one standard in the, in the wilderness or one standard uh, when Moses and Aaron were in charge and then one standard for Joshua. No, God is the same today yes, or yesterday, today and forever. And so we know that his standard is the same. And so when they settled in the promised land and here in Shiloh, right, um, that God had a process for uh, Aaron's descendants to follow. Well, we notice here that that um, uh, that uh, Eli is a descendant and we know that he ob- obviously was not paying attention. It wasn't uh, fulfilling the law, the covenant, fulfilling the things that God had told him to uh, uh, fulfill. And so so we know that um, uh, here. Uh, in verse, uh, when he said he talks about he chose him, right? It's a personal calling that God that. Oh, in verse twenty-eight, and I did choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, right? And so it's personal, and, and he's consecrated not just for Aaron to lift himself up, but he's consecrated for the Lord's purpose. And notice, right? He says to offer unto offer upon mine altar to burn incense to wear an ephod before me. And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? So what's he saying? He had an important purpose, the highest purpose to serve the Lord. And he's telling them that um, uh, he's supposed to bring the sacrifices to the Lord's altar. But we're talking about the ephod. It's a reminder, right, of those 12 stones. We don't have time necessarily to go through, but even in those those videos that we watched, right, with the temple, about the 12 stones the priests would wear. And, and so, and this is what he's talking about, that the, the ephod. Why is it important for us to reflect and why do you think God brought this up to Eli? Did Eli not know that he had the ephod? No. That, that's the point. That Eli knew exactly what he needed to do. But yet, he disobeyed. And, and, and it reminds us that when you talk about the 12 uh, stones, is that Eli, the, plan for, uh, the purpose for Eli's life was much bigger than even Eli himself. But Eli, unfortunately, focused too much on himself. Why? Because because this wasn't new. Eli again knew the ritual of the position. Uh, he he had the privilege of serving, and he was called to represent. And again, God's plan is always bigger than ours, and it's especially for Eli. And God had been in control from the very beginning. But this one uh, side, uh, one side of talk continues because Eli's past spoke for itself, right? And, and what does he say? Um, the path that he followed, right? That God called, right? Let's remember this. God called Aaron uh, way back even in the house of Pharaoh. So even before the, the ten plagues, before um, uh, they called him out of Exodus there, the crossing the Red Sea. And even into, we know that in verse 28, he, he doubles down, literally talks about how he called Aaron out of all the tribes to be my priest. And how, how he's supposed to represent everyone. Because he's a, a, of the chosen seed for God's purpose for God's worship but what happened verse 29 wherefore kick ye out my sacrifice and out my offering right and so here uh, that word kick would mean to trample on right similar to the word about um, uh, and so it's, it, we have God here laying out his plan right in verses 27 and 28 and he's saying hey I had all this in store for you and your family and by the way this had been in place long before you Eli but here what Eli is doing in verse 29 and he's like, he's like oh I don't care I'm just going to trample I'm going to step on it right you know there's 
uh, in a very uh, simplistic sense, right? There's funny in the college football or, or even in basketball, right, when they, they have flags after they win and, and they plant the flags in the middle of the, the field on the opposing team's logo. And, oh, brother, that gets everyone fired up, right? And then get a, a brawl going. But that's here what Eli's doing, that of, of God laid it out. He laid it out what he was supposed to do. He's on God's territory, if you will, in the house of God. And he planted his own flag saying, hey, I'm going to do my own way. You may ask, how does he do his own way? Well, he says, verse 29, why kick you my sacrifice, which I have commanded in my habitation, right? God's habitation, the tabernacle, the, the place in Shiloh. But what happened to Eli? He said, is he honoreth thy sons above me. So he's. Uh, so again, he has God's commands here. He has God's plan right here on one side that has been in place uh, since the beginning of time, right? But for sure with uh, Eli or uh, Aaron's family. And on one side, he has his sons. And so what he's doing, kind of like the scale that has two sides here, right? And so and he says, honor. When he says, honor is thy sons above me, that honor is that word means that... Um, uh, it's the only time that this word is used. It gives the idea of a scale that has... Again, that one on each side, but but Eli, he he put more weight, more emphasis on on his sons. The honors he had a priority of his sons to please them above pleasing God, and that is where he definitely got off God's path and sinned against God. He had the highest place of service and shows his selfish desire. Now, some would say, "Whoa, whoa! Does that mean God doesn't care about family?" No, that's ludicrous. We know that Eli's refusal. Uh, to call out his sons to correct them was was a big issue, right? And I mean, even though, yes, like I mentioned, that he did call him out in verses 23 through 25. And he's talking about basically verse 25, right? That if you sin against someone, at least you have a, a, a judge to decide, is it that bad? But when you sin against God, oh, there's no hope for you, brother, uh, to hit his sons. Well, that was definitely too little too late. And so, again, the issue here, uh, is the why, why does... Uh, Eli have this judgment coming. I think we can say it this way. It was because uh, Eli put his personal priority above God. And, and because we have God's habitation, God's plan, and his sons. And he said, well, I care more about my sons. Essentially, that's what happened. And it tells us here, they continues there in um, honors thy sons above me to make yourselves notice, verse 29, fat with the chiefest of all offerings of Israel, my people, right? So those offerings, those things that even what talked about in uh, previously in second, or in chapter 2, verses uh, uh, 15 and 16, right? Of, or, uh, about how uh, uh, Hophni and Phinehas took advantage of the worship. They took the best of the best. And even before God cooked it before the Lord, right? For the fat to um, fall off and to um, uh, give God first uh, priority there with the meat, the sacrifices. This is here is an indication to me that he see he knew what was going on, and that he even partook in that sinful worship. And that's why he says, uh, "Made yourself fat with the cheapest, right, the first of the offerings." And so, uh, again, when a man sins, right, and breaks God's clear commandments, there's no hope. And Eli's in that position right now. He's totally guilty. In verse thirty, it says. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said, unto, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father shall walk for me, before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be far from me, for them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. And so again, at first some may say, well see God, he's mean to Eli. He doesn't care about family. And now he's changing his plan. No, 
That's not what's happening. This isn't God moving the goalposts. It's not, uh, we know God doesn't change. He's immutable. So what happened? Uh, Eli sinned, right? The second half verse proves it, right? That, yes, God had a plan. And he had a purpose to call out uh, Aaron. But because of of Eli's sinfulness and complete disregard for his command for God's commandments and honoring God, he honored his own family. And so what he's saying here is that um, uh, if God's saying to Eli, if you disobey me, I can't bless you, right? Very similar to uh, the promise to uh, Abraham there in Genesis 12, right? That if uh, those who bless you, will I will bless, and those who curse you, I will curse, right? So this is a personal relationship with Jesus, though. And, and again, this is stating the obvious. made one this morning, I'll make another one tonight. Uh Nobody wants to be despised by God, right? That's helpless and, frankly, a hopeless place to be. Because He's all we need. He's all we can hope for. But I'm thankful, though, that it's, that it's not because God is mean. It's not because God has pushed away from Eli. But Eli pushed away him, from Him, right? So it's our choice to turn to Him. In verse 31, Behold, the days come that I'll cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thine house. This points to how God's paying attention to how we live. Since Eli has chosen his sons as a priority over God, Eli's heritage is affected. Because again, our decisions impact much more than our lives. The judgment shows how the influence Eli had in the nation of Israel, okay? Because again, it comes to the territory. I know, again, as a priest, he had a lot of authority, a lot of influence. But what is changing here is that uh, not only is Eli going to be replaced... But 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 his family's gonna his heritage is gonna be greatly affected. Why? Uh, and so because um, again nobody's innocent here, right? We know that Eli sinned, Hophni and Phineas were uh, guilty. But here Eli, we know, is a literal leader of the family and also leader of the nation of Israel, and he's a greatly sinned against God. And uh, verse thirty two continues with the judgment. It says, "And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation, and all the wealth which God shall give Israel." And notice, and there shall not be an old man in thy house forever. Again, um, instead of being the object of God's blessing, the object of what he should have received as the priest, as a God-called servant, what did he receive? God's judgment. And Eli became an enemy. We know that his time will come to an end. Um, and, and why? Well, it's because Eli broke God's plan for faithful worship. Since he chose family over God, it tells us that the second half, verse 32, again, says there should not be an old man uh, there in, in, in that house forever. This doesn't seem like a big deal necessarily to us, you know, but the culture here in Israel was completely different, right? Because who made the decision in Israel? In, in those cities, the elders did, right? So what he's saying is that Eli is going from his position of highest authority, if you will, on earth as a priest to saying the love with all the decision power he had now because of his sin God is taking away the elder every elder in his family so that way why the, his family his heritage will have no more uh, decision power influence in society and, and again that's hard to fathom for us in our culture but that was a, a great a, a great uh, 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 judgment here for his family verse thirty three. And a man of thine whom I shall not cut off from mine altar shall be to consume thine eyes and to grieve thine heart. And notice, and all that increase in thine house shall die in the flower of their age. Now this is an immediate sign of of the judgment here for Eli's family. uh, Because again, the the place 
they had been in the place of worship for hundreds of years. Um, we know we're all sinners. No one's perfect. But I think Eli's attitude is very clear. Eli said in his mind, in his actions, in his heart, I care more about my sons than obeying God. It's a dangerous place to be. Now when it says, uh, the men shall die in a flower of their age, that, that could mean the prime of their of the life. I don't know necessarily. Uh, but either way, we know that judgment's coming. And that's what God is trying to make clear to Eli. And that's what God preserved for us. Verse 34. It says, And this shall be a sign, of course, under thee, shall come upon thy two sons on Hophni and Phinehas. And one day they shall die, both of them. Uh, and so, of course, we know that's coming in chapter 4. Um, and we can, but, but we know, that, again, we have the luxury of looking back. But because Eli heard it from, again, it was all, Thus saith the Lord, from verse 27. So because God said it, that was the source. We can count it down because it's a promise from God. And so this was a serious judgment from God's hand. Uh, because, again, Eli was a spiritual leader. He was held to higher standard. Now, verse 35 is interesting. It says, um, I will raise up me a, a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house. He shall walk before my anointed forever. And so here, um, this sounds, you know, at first reading like Samuel, right? Samuel the priest. Uh, the book is named after him. And again, we'll focus in chapter 3 and kind of look at him for the next few chapters. Um, because again, Samuel is the bright light in this dark period. Um, but I think this goes beyond Samuel. In fact, I know it goes beyond Samuel. Why? Because chapter 8 brings us to people's choice for a king. They want a king over having a priest uh, fall, uh, kind of as a leader there. So, um, and again, I don't want to pour on the water, on the fire, the flame that Samuel has even before we get to Samuel. So I, I hate to bear the lead there, kind of. But... Uh, <laughs> But the reality, though, is Eli had fellow family members. We don't necessarily know all the members here at this time. But we know that since he was alive, um, they probably had relatives. And since they were all part of Aaron's lineage there of Eli. And if you're related to Eli, you can still be a part of the, uh, be in that position of leadership. And so it would take time. But again, God's judgment was going to be fulfilled. Um, because again, God is saying, but the greater judgment will come. Uh, in verse 30, or a great judgment will come in verse 36. And let it come to pass that everyone that is left in thine house shall come and crouch to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread and shall say, Put me, I pray thee, into one of the priest's offices that I may eat a piece of bread. You see, not only will Eli be removed from the priestly line, but again, his family will not have any influence. You know, and, and, and the greater the judgment will surely come when they no one when they're begging to eat. And again, people may say, "Well, why why is God doing this?" You know, that, um, why would God judge the other members of Eli's family, even though it was just Eli and his sons? Or, or why would um he take uh, out a or what what would happen? Right, uh, some of it. Uh, maybe they were jealous, right? When Eli is being replaced, they could maybe disobey God. And so therefore, because again, uh, it's still that promise in verse 30, right? That if, if those who honor me, I will honor. So God saw in his in the future of Eli's family, maybe not, uh, definitely not following God's leadership, as we'll see and will quickly. Uh, but, or, um, but again, or they could be asking themselves, hey, why would God do this? Why would God take away Eli's family in the flower of their age? You know, that's, you know, that's not a wrong question in itself, but I think it becomes an issue when we, and those those doubts, 
those questions in our hearts and minds to, to affect our, uh, our obedience and our, our faithfulness to God. And so that's, that's what's uh, taking place here. Um, we ha- here we have the complete downfall of Eli and his family. You see, they go from binging on the sacrifices of the people to begging for the basic sustenance of food in just a few verses. But again, it all goes back, I think, to what? How, in verse 29, how Eli honored his sons above God. And the fulfillment will be seen uh, of verse 35, uh, will be seen um, in 1 Kings chapter 2. 1 Kings, we'll finish up. Just 1 Kings chapter 2, don't turn there. I'll read it uh, just to... Uh, just so that way you, you believe what the what what that I had the right verse right there, Amen. But First Kings chapter two, verse twenty seven says, "So Solomon thrust out uh, Ab- uh, Abiathar. Abiathar there. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, Abiathar from being a priest unto the Lord, that he might fulfill the word of the Lord which he spake concerning the house of Eli and Shiloh." And so this was during Solomon's reign. Right? This was uh, about 150 years later or so uh, from this account. About maybe a few different there. But, but uh, quite a bit a long time after God said, Hey, I'm going to take away and, and, and make me a priest after my heart. There in verse, uh, from 1 Samuel uh, chapter 2 to all the way to 1 Kings chapter 2. But what happened here? Right? Uh, Abiathar, he chose to follow Adonijah. That was one of David's sons. But it was not God's chosen replacement. Who was? Solomon. But since Adonijah, uh, or uh, Abiathar, he followed Adonijah. He honored uh, a man over God, right? Because again, goes back to God's promise. I will honor those who honor me. I will obey those. Well, it wasn't uh, a surprise necessarily uh, that Solomon was going to be replaced. Because even David had groomed him, right, uh, for it. So, so we, uh, But this reminds us, though, that God doesn't forget about his promises. Whether good or bad. And again, we love to think about the great promises as we should. But we must be careful about the choices we make. And I'm thankful though that the Lord uh, allowed us to make the choice to trust in Him. I'm thankful though, and although our uh, priesthood uh, runs through Jesus as our eternal high priest, we can't miss out on how our choices affect more than just us. You know, Eli's sins affect his immediate family. Right? And the sons were wicked before the Lord. This affected, unfortunately, the spiritual attitude of the people of Israel. But you and I, we have the privilege to carry the baton of faith in our society. We have the directions, and we're accountable for how we serve. So the choice is ours. So God help us to continue to live differently so much the more as we see the day approaching. See, while society pushes our sin and our ideals against the standard God has given us, our judge is still the same. And one day we're going to give a an account no matter if we're saved or lost. And unlike what that atheist said, we'll have no excuse for our actions. So let's keep him as let's keep God as our priority. Give him the preeminence. And if we do, we have no idea how God will use us to impact him. Thankfully, I know that's our heart's desire, uh, but help us to guard against uh, 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 choosing to uh, 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 going against what God uh, wants for us and and going against what God deserves. Because we know as Eli, uh, he deserved to, uh, he should have honored God above his sons, but he chose not. So God help us to continue uh, to be found faithful uh, for what he's done for us. <clears throat>